0: Welcome to the D&D Character Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist.
1: And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we are bringing a new historical character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better.
0: Hey everyone, Darren here.
1: And I'm Gain, and this week we built 5th edition versions of prominent figures in history. We let them inspire us and bring them into our fantasy world in probably a way that they would really not appreciate. But it was a lot of fun to do it.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right, Garen. We totally disrespected these prominent historical characters. And I'm pleased to be featuring a character built by one of the $20 patrons of ours, Ben Potts. That's right, Lab Rats. You, as a $20 patron, get to build two characters per year and have them enter the lab and face off against one of us. So thank you, Ben, for this submission.
1: I can't wait to see what our patron has created because I know what I've got. But please introduce us to Ben's character.
0: So Ben created a fifth edition version of Salvador Dali. If you don't know who Salvador Dali is. Yeah. If you don't know who Salvador Dali is, probably read a fucking book. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look at a piece of art. Is it melting? It's Salvador Dali.
0: Did you see a guy at the grocery store that has a really intricate mustache? It's probably Salvador Dali.
1: Or John Waters.
0: So that's who I've got this week.
1: (laughs) That was your introduction?
0: (laughs) I mean, Ben was kind enough to actually copy and paste a bunch of stuff from Wikipedia about Salvador Dali. But I really think if you don't know who Salvador Dali is, just Google it and you'll see like the melting clock. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is.
1: He's a surrealist artist. That's right. Great.
0: He was probably batshit crazy too.
1: Ah, in the best way. You know who wasn't crazy though? Even though he thought he heard Bigfoot once. My character, Teddy Roosevelt, President of the United States of America, explorer, and one of the manliest men ever. This was an obvious choice for me, and I am pleased to be bringing this level 7, half ranger, half paladin, President Roosevelt into the lab today.
0: Okay, so you're Teddy Roosevelt, I'm Salvador Dali, we're about to throw down.
1: Even though you have not told us the class or race of your character, it sounds like you got a real work of art there. It's probably just going to be just (laughs) as confusing as the man himself. But you know what else is a real masterpiece? This brand new Den of Thieves Candles by Cantrip Candles. Come on, Dan. You know who Cantrip Candles are, don't you? They're purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They've got a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world. Musty taverns, libraries full of arcane texts, or what we just lit up, Den of Thieves. I can't think of a better candle to illuminate you through your water deep Dragon Heist campaign, not a sponsor, with its intoxicating notes of smoke, red wine, and aged leather makes you really appreciate the finer things in life that you can buy with all that sweet loot but to be honest you can find a scent for any of your adventure settings in their sampler pack which offer nine of their scents for a real steal see what i did there but once you decide that you want to buy every one of their scents we are happy to announce you now can and the lab will help cover some of the costs when you use the code labrat l-a-b-r-a-t at checkout you receive 10 percent off your total purchase be sure to check them out that's cantrip candles and if you don't know how to spell cantrip you shouldn't be playing D.
0: well thank you garen and cantrip candles for that message And why don't you go ahead and start us off in the melee category with Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Well, as I mentioned, Sir Teddy is a Monster Slayer Ranger and Oath of the Crown Paladin. I felt these were very poignant for this man. I use the variant human background. You will find out that spicy bit a little bit later. But to get started, he is using the dueling fighting style from a ranger. And so when he has a plus 4 to hit with his longsword, he does 1d8 plus 3 damage. He also has the hunter's mark spell as being a ranger. And the slayer's prey feature of being a monster slayer. Where as a bonus action, you designate this creature your target. The first time you hit that target on your turn with a weapon attack, it takes an extra 1d6 damage. This lasts until you finish a short or long rest, or, obviously, when you inevitably bring that beast down. So I am arguing a 0 for Teddy.
0: I think it's a fair 0. You have a, a good amount of abilities there, but, uh, you know, some of it circumstantial, some of it not that powerful. I'm happy to give you that 0.
1: now. Not circumstantial! I can name any bitch my prey.
0: Now, Salvador Dali is a level 7 rock gnome illusion wizard with the guild artisan background, and for melee, I'm arguing a negative 1 as he has a dagger uh, which deals out 1d4 plus 2 for total damage output of 6, and he's got a plus 5 to hit. So I think that is worthy of a negative 1 because it's better than nothing.
1: That's how we roll. But does this little gnome artist have any ranged weapons?
0: He does, and did I mention he has a dagger? Because he can throw it, negative one.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, keeping it clean. Well, I'm going to take my zero, because that's definitely better than what you're offering with my longbow, plus three to hit, 1d8 damage.
0: For a ranger, you could do a lot worse, so I'm happy to give you a zero, but how do you do with magic damage, Teddy?
1: Well, here I'm getting into my paladin features. You know I got that divine smite. 2d8 radiant damage on a melee weapon attack. Also got that wrathful smite, which can frighten the creatures of me. It does psychic damage on a hit. I am arguing a consistent zero for Teddy.
0: Wow. Big nothing president.
1: Just keeping it level. Let me say right now, this is a young Teddy. It was hard to build Teddy and not do him credit. I mean, you'll see when I get to ability balance, the man does not have enough points, but he will. You know the Teddy we know? That was a level 20 character.
0: That's true, that's true. So going into burninating for Salvador Dali, he is an illusion wizard, and the way that Ben created this character, he concentrated a lot more on spells outside of the damage dealing. Here I'm gonna argue a plus one. He he, he has Toll the Dead for 2d12 damage on a failed wisdom save. I also have Phantasmal Killer, which deals out 4d10 psychic damage. So while it's only two spells, Ben and I both agree. This is dealing out some some hefty damage. We got that cantrip dealing out a potential 24, and that Phantasmal Killer deals out forty ten psychic damage to an enemy every turn for up to a minute. Obviously, a, a lot of conditions go at play there with saving throws and whatnot, but that's a potential for 40 damage each round for up to a minute, which is up to 10 rounds.
1: I'm going to give you the plus one because you're doing more damage than me, but uh, I got I to say Phantasmal Killer is... One of my favorite spells because it's thematically really cool that you're creating this illusion in their mind that's doing psychic damage to them and the damage is very powerful i do want to acknowledge that toll the dead deals a d8 damage die assuming the creature has not been damaged already once you hit him then you get bump it up to the d12 that's what makes this cantrip so much fun Who and hasn't i like been hit? probably the monk you'd agree to that right
0: yeah that's right
1: so i'm gonna give you your plus one taking it up into control this is an illusion wizard so i am afraid to ask What does he offer? Well,
0: plus two. Got Dancing Lights, Minor Illusion, Prestidigitation, Find Familiar, Detect Magic, Expeditious Retreat, See Invisibility, Web, Misty Step, Phantom Steed, Counterspell, Major Image, Greater Invisibility, and Phantasmal Killer. He also has a nifty feature as an Illusion Wizard, which allows him to modify his Illusion however he likes. If he gets tired of threatening an enemy with an Illusory Dragon, he can change it into a charging rhinoceros or something. If it were possible, I would take a plus three in control here because control is where battles are really won. And I could not agree more with you, Ben. That's why I get listy.
1: He went listy just for you. That's why he gave you this character, because he knew you were going to like that list. All right, so Ben, I'm going to make you roll. And unfortunately, Dan is the one who has to do the roll for you. So you have him to blame when he fails this.
0: Okay, so I only have a plus one to charisma. So I've got to get a 16 or better here rolled a three, so that's not going to do it. I'll take a plus one.
1: Plus one for control?
0: How controlling are you?
1: You know what? I am actually going to be arguing a plus one here. I have favorite enemy humanoids. I am a natural explorer in the jungle because if you haven't read The River of Doubt, where Teddy Roosevelt, his adventure, his expedition with all of his men through the South American rainforest, that is a fantastic read. Teddy Roosevelt almost dies, but he is such a man, he don't bitch about it even for a moment. I also have hunter's sense which is a feature of the monster slayer class where i can use an action to analyze a creature within 60 feet and then i know whether they have immunities resistances vulnerabilities and what they are i can use this a number of times equal to my wisdom modifier i also have champions challenge this is a fun feature this is the channel divinity from the oath of the crown as a bonus action you issue a challenge that compels creatures to do battle with you each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet must succeed on a wisdom save on a fail the creature can't willingly move more than 30 feet away from you this effect ends if you are incapacitated or if the creature is more than 30 feet away from you so it is preventing escape basically i like that it's not exactly an aggro attack i'm not drawing them towards me but i am controlling the battlefield because how frustrating is it when you're gonna win and that punk dips out at the last moment yeah agreed so i'm arguing a plus one
0: you know i i think you're overshooting here with this plus one i had a lot more to work with so i th- and you I think deserved a plus two i think you're a zero here you've got solid control but you don't have enough to even be one point behind me here i, uh, I am i don't think i'm analyzing
1: fair. my enemies i know exactly what their weaknesses are and mm-hmm. I can keep enemies on the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, two, let's, two, let's talk two, about rich control ideas. Two things. And yours are all spells. Yours are all things that would happen one at a time. It's not like you could do all of that at once.
0: No, I, I, I agree, but I can cast a couple of those things. Not all of them are concentration spells.
1: Uh, I don't often push back on you this hard, but I'm hurting about this one. These were juicy control bits.
0: There's two good things there for control, and I think that you could get a zero. Negative two plus two is zero.
1: I'm going to show you my juicy control bits again sometime, and you're going to have to accept it.
0: Afraid of that. So, <laughs> how tanky is Teddy Roosevelt? It sounds like he's pretty tanky if he almost died.
1: He is. Despite being a human, I would argue that he is resistant to poison and disease, but I'm not going to push that even though he is a paladin he is resistant to disease i have chain mail with the defense fighting style which bumps my ac to a 17 i have 82 hit points and i have lay on hands of 20 hit points so i am arguing a plus one
0: yeah i think you're worthy of that plus one but i think you should roll for that
1: interesting you pulled it out here on the tankiness my charisma is a 14 let's get that 13 or better Come on, Teddy. We
0: all know we all know Teddy was far more charismatic than fourteen.
1: Teddy rolled a seven.
0: Take your zero.
1: Zero's across the board. All right, so tell me about your negative one here.
0: Do not let this low AC and HP deceive you. Fifty-six HP, fifteen AC. He has the shield spell, which adds five to his AC. Mirror image makes the odds only one in four that you're going to hit me, because he's just so illusory. And also, he has gnome cunning, which gives him advantage on spells that require saving throws, but only certain ones. I wouldn't say he's as tanky as a barbarian, but he certainly can take care of himself. I think this is a zero. Mmm.
1: What do you say I give you a zero if Salvador Dali is not tall? Because this is a gnome.
0: How tall was Salvador Dali? Oh, yeah. Far too tall. He was 5'8".
1: I'm not a gnome. I'm 5'8".
0: Well, arguable. (laughs)
1: So I'm going to strip that from you. I'm going to say this is a minus one.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. But Salvador helps his friends quite a bit. He's got dancing lights for allies without dark vision. He has the mending spell, which allows him to repair stuff. So come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These
1: are real bullshit. Okay.
0: No, identify is pretty great. Come on. Everybody's like, oh what is gosh. that? What is that? What does it do? And I'm like, this that's is That's a exact- tree. That's exactly. <laughs> it's melting
1: though. That's an elephant, but you look in the reflection and it looks like a swan.
0: Liaman's tiny hut? Oh, come on.
1: Liaman's tiny hut.
0: Greater invisibility?
1: Okay, that one I'll take.
0: Yeah, I think. What do you think? I think that's a plus one.
1: Oh that's bold. Because he I'll give you greater invisibility. I'll give you Liaman's Tiny Hut.
0: You don't think identify mending and dancing lights are worth it worth anything?
1: Yeah, if you want to identify a broken disco ball, fix it, and then get that party started. Wait
0: a minute. I just cast identify on ally assist for Salvador Dali, and it came back as plus one.
1: That's not how that spell even works.
0: Oh, I thought it was like a magic eight ball.
1: Ask again later. All right, I mean, it's it's a lot of options. I can give you that, because I'm also arguing a plus one. I have Lay on Hands of 20 HP. I have got the Alarm spell, which allows my allies to not be surprised, because, you know, I'm alarming them. I also have Turn the Tide. This is another Channel Divinity. I love this one. As a bonus action... You bolster injured creatures with your channel divinity. Each creature of your choice that can hear you within 30 feet regains hit points equal to 1d6 plus charisma if it has no more than half of its hit points. So that's the part that I really like because this is a feature that can only be used when your allies are really hurting.
0: I do like this.
1: Yes. So uh, that's a potential 8 HP to all of my allies very circumstantial but i think it's in the best way so all those things considered i was arguing a plus one as well i got i got a pretty good chunk of healing
0: i will give you that plus one and i will take a zero if you're able to name me one accomplishment that teddy roosevelt did while president that is comparable to helping his friends and his nation when we were really down and out
1: uh he helped us win world war ii
0: he didn't he did not no no that was harry truman
1: Oh, I should know that. I work at a job where Harry Truman is the president.
0: (laughs) Harry Truman's the one that dropped the A-bomb. He helped build the Panama Canal, but I don't know if that was really when we were down and out.
1: Uh, He avoided a national emergency by dealing with the 1902 coal strike. So he was president in 1902. I was so far off, I do not deserve that plus one.
0: Yeah, that was prior to World War I.
1: So this is the episode where we started by saying, read a fucking book. (laughs)
0: You made Teddy Roosevelt and didn't even know when he was fucking president. I got mixed up. (laughs) You were thinking. I have read *River of Doubt*. You're thinking of FDR.
1: I definitely was thinking of the other Roosevelt for a moment there.
0: Which, if you made him, there's a number of things like the Big Deal, getting us out of the Depression. The New Deal. That was the The New Deal. deal. Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let's just stop while we're ahead.
1: Welcome to the D&D History Lab.
0: (laughs) Where we don't know fucking shit.
1: If you become a $6 patron right now, (laughs) we will record a history episode every month for you.
0: Well, you know, one thing's for sure. You can go ahead and take your plus one, even though you thought Teddy Roosevelt was helping us fight World War II. I can't can't
1: in good conscience take a plus one for that.
0: Well, then I'll take a zero. You You need to know your faults. I'll take a zero. You take a zero. You know who's going to get a plus two? our listeners because there's a number of ways that they can help us and if they do that they'll get a plus two we have a patreon that has tiers that started just one buck and move all the way up to 20 we have a discord that you can chat with us and you can create pop culture characters with us a couple times a month we also have bonus episodes and early access to our regular show and much much more like history lessons in our discord We also have supplements available on DMs Guild for just a buck. Search Garen Jones and you'll have access to all that stuff that we have to offer. We also have Ability Score shirts for sale that have a maximum and minimum value for each Ability Score in a box on your chest. No one buys them. The proceeds of all of these items go directly to the show to help support us and keep us growing and learning.
1: We are learning so much from this show. Yes. But Dan, I would like to learn a little bit about your balance because you mentioned he was probably crazy
0: oh yeah strength of 10 he was a real wiry guy decks of 14 gotta have good for painting gotta have good decks constitution of 14 intelligence of 18 wisdom of 10 charisma of 12 passive perception of 9 saving throws of course in intelligence and wisdom and the AC of 15 with a plus 7 on ranged spells as well as a spell save DC of 15. I think that this is a decently balanced wizard, and I think a plus 2 is warranted here.
1: Yeah. I'm questioning, how does Salvador Dali have that 14 in con? Like, where is that coming from? I'm Honestly,
0: s- you got to have thick skin because people are always talking shit about your melting paintings. That oh, yeah. strengthens that strengthens your resolve like nobody's business. You're able to take criticism, like, all day. Vicious mockery? Pshh. <laughs> Yeah, right.
1: Even though that's a wisdom save. Yeah, you're probably right. I have immunity
0: to to Vicious Mockery because I'm fucking nuts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll accept that. It's a very balanced wizard. A questionable Salvador Dali build, but a very (laughs) balanced wizard. My Teddy, I am not totally happy with this because like i said he needs to be level 20 so here's where he's at right now strength of 12 dex of 10 con of 14 because he survived almost dying in the jungle intelligence of 14 smart man wisdom of 12 slightly less smart man and a charisma of 14 because he was good with the people
0: sounds like he's kind of soft like a teddy bear dude oh
1: he is not soft man he is hard he got that hard gut
0: he's like a teddy bear from the carnival then like the hard ones
1: yes I mean, he was a boxer. I wish I had a chance to take the Tavern Brawler feat, but I just couldn't fit it in. You know why? Because I needed to take the Inspiring Leader feat. Good call. I didn't even use that in my ally assist, but there it is. Glad
0: glad you you used it in an argument in balance.
1: (laughs) Posthumously, this is how well I built Teddy Roosevelt, for the record. He is proficient in persuasion, insight, survival, athletics, and perception. All of those feel right on the money for this character. I am arguing a plus one.
0: Absolutely. The Smooth Operator this week was written by a man named Garen Jones, who, if all of you know your history, has written many arcane texts that's available on DM's Guild that a few people own and will go down in history as some of the most okay things ever written for 5th edition.
1: I got an email this week from DM's Guild that they are um, they're concerned that it's taking up too much space on their servers, my PDFs. And I thought PDFs were very small, but apparently they're just they're too bulky for DMs Guild. So I'm being pushed down to the basement of DMs Guild now.
0: So if you want to buy Garen's stuff, go to
1: DMsguild.com slash soggy basement. Then you need to rifle through all the files. It's gonna be in like in, in a 16 bit scrolling across your screen like hackers.
0: That's, that's right, and and uh, you actually need one of those printers that goes to, to actually print the content. So that's where we can find it. But he was kind enough to write this week's scenario. It reads, you are the keynote speaker at a prestigious university giving a talk on your area of expertise, which for us is obviously history. As soon as you start your speech, you notice a couple is making out heavily in the front row. Other students are in the audience They notice and they start giggling and recording it with their smart sending stones. What do you do?
1: Well, I have a background that I found on D&D Beyond, the politician background, naturally. So I use my feature position of esteem, which allows me to get conversations with high ranking people, you know, and people respect me and they treat me well. And uh, I'm good. I'm good chat. I'm a good chatter. Uh, So I use my position of esteem to speak to the dean of the university, and I express my concerns that these students in question are not getting the most out of their experience at school because they're too distracted by their lust. So instead of punishing them, I suggest that they be given semesters abroad to establish temples in the honor of the god Amantor, who was the god of bureaucracy now this is actually a god that died because no one worshipped them. This is real D&D lore for you. So I want to punish these two kids by making them build temples for the bureaucracy god. And that would be their six months away. I don't care if they bone. I just know they're going to be miserable.
0: Naturally, because no one likes bureaucracy. And obviously nobody liked this god. Right. So that's pretty miserable. It's pretty smooth. But they do get to go to the bone zone. Wherever you're sending them, it's definitely the bone zone.
1: Yeah, you know. Actually, now that I think about it, they're probably gonna be. It's probably gonna be Mad Bone Zone because no one's gonna go into that temple. So they they established that I let them build their own boning temple.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the Bone Zone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna argue this is a minus one.
1: Oh man, yeah. I kind of walked walked <laughs> ass first into that, didn't I? All right, I'll take a minus one.
0: You're not the only one that walked ass first into that either.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Hashtag ass boning. So for this, this is where we let Dolly down a little bit. As he was a great deal more charismatic in life than he was as a wizard. That said, in this smooth operator scenario, I think illusions would be used to great effect. It'd be pretty easy for him to cast minor illusion to create farting sounds to appear to be coming from one of the cup <laughs> one of the couple, which would hopefully make them embarrassed and stop. Honestly, the bigger an illusion he's willing to use, the more he can do with it. You can basically accomplish anything with illusions depending on how far your DM is willing to play along. Since it's Dolly though, And he's got a huge obsession with sexuality he would probably just alter his lecture to use this young couple's lust as fodder to his own creative explanations about the non-existent nature of reality and with his genius level intelligence and proficiency in performance he'd be able to turn this little distraction into an opportunity to show off how amazing his artistic philosophies really are for Smooth operator in general, he can use these spells. Dancing, lights, minor illusion, prestidigitation, comprehend languages, illusory script, expeditious retreat, see invisibility, misty step, major image, and greater invisibility. Let your mind wander. Salvador Dali would actually turn into the professor and use these. this couple as an example. What do you say? Plus one.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> The list police are on the case. You have exceeded your list quota for this episode. Ben Potts, let's take it to the judge. Are you guilty of listing? Yes, you are. <laughs> that thing's even though you're going to be in list jail for the rest of your life, I'll give you the plus 1 there.
0: Okay. Well then, how I would how would I would aggressively handle this is I would obviously use illusions to terrify this young couple basically a thousandfold, but there is a spell that's perfect for doing that and that's phantasmal killer by targeting the creature within range you can manifest the creature's greatest fear and it targets the couple they run screaming out of the auditorium and no one ever snogs in your classes again alternatively he could use web to trap them in their seats and humiliate them as idiots or send his familiar to harass them furthermore Go with me a bit because I haven't had a chance to use a certain spell yet. Suppose this couple is cleverer than usual and decided to turn invisible while they snogged. And their giggles are distracting the audience. He can cast see invisibility like a parent with eyes in the back of their head, point straight at them and say, I can see you sit down. That said, his plus one in charisma lets him down here only again for a plus one. So I I think what do you think? Plus one.
1: I like that you had a multi-level to that, and he was ready for anything they could possibly throw at him.
0: Yes. So, and also, if, if I were in college and anyone thought I was attractive, I would definitely be invisible while I was making out.
1: I mean, if you could be invisible, it'd be even better. Yeah, then you're not even, you don't even have to worry about getting caught. Fantastic. All right, so, so here is my approach to spitting fire. I'm actually handling this a little differently. I'm giving it a positive bend. So what I do is I use command on these two kids, and I command them to bone.
0: You have encouraged these two to bone in both categories, just for the record.
1: Accidentally in the first category. Okay. But I would—I was always planning in this category to command them to bone. Once they start boning, and the crowd is aghast at what's happening here, I crank up the tunes. This is party music. And I issue a champion's challenge to the whole crowd to take me on in beer pong. I use my plus 4 to Insight and plus 4 to Athletics to narrow down those cups, and I put Hunter's Mark so I am sinking those ping pong balls all night. That is a plus 2.
0: Plus 2. Best use of Hunter's Mark I've ever heard. Plus 2.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, This party music sucks. Turn that <laughs> off.
0: So, so moving into X-Factor, would you play Teddy Roosevelt at level 7 the way you built him?
1: actually absolutely he's got something in every category i think he's very versatile and he's only going to get better as he levels up ranger paladin is a great combo they both have spell casting which is kind of nullified a little bit the spell lists are different and i have some really fun features here i love this oath of the crown because i like the whole idea of the noble knight character so yes how about you
0: so i would definitely play this i Love that this is a heavy into control, a little bit of ally assist in there as as I mentioned. Really, that uh, phantasmal killer. I, I like that he's using that. Uh, ben created this to have a little bit of a, a a psychic twist to it, which you know really sings to my likes uh, when in my character builds. So. Yes, oh hell yeah! So yes, good work, Ben. And if we are to get a drum roll,
1: Ben Potts has beat me four to two. In the lab, congratulations, our patron, on your first successful lab battle. Uh, That was fantastic. Great character there. I like the take on Salvador Dali. I gave him a little crap for being a gnome, but otherwise that was a lot of fun.
0: Actually, a fun little note here. So our fan submission episode, Ben was actually the winner of that episode as well. So this is Ben's second lab victory. He is well-groomed for the big show, and I believe he took you down then as well.
1: All right, you know what? Fuck off, Ben. (laughs) Guys, grab your history books because you're going to find all of our news in those because we got nothing new to tell you. So please, check out our DMs Guild content. Check out our Patreon. We are constantly creating stuff for all of you. We're having a hell of a time doing it. And this has been another fun episode. Thank you, Dan.
0: Yes, thank you, Garen. And thank you to our patron, Ben Potts, for submitting this wonderfully fun build. And that about wraps things up. But before we take off... If you are a content creator and would like to get your content featured on this show, shoot us an email over at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com and let us know what you've got, and uh, we'll take a look at it. That about wraps things up for us this week, Lab Rats, and just remember, it doesn't have to be optimized.
1: It just has to be fun. Have a great week, guys.
0: This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.